Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Of course, anybody who hasn't been living under a rock uh, recently knows that Fort Myers got battered pretty heavily by the recent hurricane uh, down there, especially Fort Myers Beach. Joe, welcome to Free Talk Live. Hi, thanks for having me on. I just wanted to call in tonight and express my frustration with the uh, the red tape that is just holding up a huge amount of the recovery operation down here. Um, you know, people and workers have done what they could and what they've been asked to, but right now uh, it seems like almost all the work is being held up by licensing uh, regulations. <laughs> give me an, so give I, me a specific example. Have you seen something yourself, how this is infringing upon getting things done? Yeah, well, I came down here with a truck full of supplies and gear and the ability to just jump in and start working. But as soon as I offer uh, somebody a contract to do that, I could uh, be charged uh, with a felony. Oh, and, my God. Um, Where so did you I come from? To, you said you from came New down. Hampshire. Yeah, wow. Conquer, New Hampshire. Yeah, you I drove, you drove all the could. way from New Hampshire with the intention to help people out, you know, fix things, clean up yards, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, that's the idea, and I have a whole crew of guys that are waiting to come down too. Oh and uh, we're, all we're doing right now is we just uh, we're paying lawyers to try to get the licensing and the partnerships and all that uh, worked out as fast as we can, so we can start helping people. So you, it really is fresh. Go ahead. Are you doing any sort of specialized work or just general cleanup? Well, we have it all ready to go. So uh, I have a tree guy here. Uh, that and roofing are the two most uh, in demand jobs right now and they do streamline the licensing with that a little bit but still not enough to do exactly what we want and it's still holding up things on that so uh it also you know all these workers and stuff they have to find somebody with a license to work under Mm -hmm. and those contractors know that so it even severely lowers their pay and uh and their conditions are not as well either so really just all all around it's a bad deal for everybody um you know my, my waitresses and just talking to people here who have lost their whole lives and you know, I can't I can't even um, offer and do the stuff that, that I want to. You know, it's, it's really infantizing from the government and the bureaucrats here, how they treat and even look at you like you're coming down here, you know. And what they call it is doing things the right way. And all I see <laughs> around here is wreckage and absolutely nothing getting done while they wait on their paperwork and why right. they uh, wait on their permission. Which so they're protecting. The well, let's let's yeah, be clear what's going exactly. on. Le- government licenses are protection, not for consumers. This is what the government thugs will tell you. Oh, we're protecting consumers. No, they're protecting the established con- contractor businesses there in South Florida by protecting them from somebody like Joe, who's willing to come down, willing to go to work, and it comes from a place, by the way, New Hampshire, where there is no contractor license, as I understand it. So, you know, here you are coming from a place where you just show up with, you know, ready to go, and you can get hired as a contractor on anybody's house here in New Hampshire. Yeah, so what is, is the uh, process? I mean, what what kind of you, you said they're quote unquote streamlining it, but what is uh you know what kind of hoops are they telling you you have to jump through down there? Well, to even pick up trash, which I've obviously done before plenty of times without permission, uh, you have to be an approved uh, FEMA member. You have to be <laughs> approved to do jobs through FEMA. Yeah. You do because they're doing uh, they're doing the free pickups and they're paying for it and they say that like they're making it a big deal, but what they don't say is they're only paying the people that have gone through that process. So there is literally these people have to just sit there while their lives that they just emptied onto the side of the street just sit in front of their house and wait for somebody that's licensed to pick up the trash for them. 
<laughs> that's what's happening right now. That's lunacy. Free state of Florida, quote unquote, right? Yeah, look how good it is in Florida. <laughs> Let's all move to Florida Ridiculous. for the freedom. I'll have some uh, announcements on some projects that I'm working on down here, but I uh, can't really do anything with them until the red tape's done. But hopefully I'll have some updates on those. And I yeah, thanks for this update. In a couple more days. Yeah, for sure. I'll be so, driving around some more, and I can call back in a couple of days. Yeah, please more. do. But, I mean, what, what did you have? You said you had to hire lawyers to get you through this legal process. I mean, how much of a, you know, how much of a morass or swamp of paperwork are we talking about? What do you have to do? To What kind of hoops are you jumping through? Well, right now, um, somebody on my team is actually um, a law school graduate, and so mm-hmm. I'm having him head that up back there. So I do know that it's taking up days of his time and that he's having to draw on all of his resources and talk to actual legal licensed lawyers and we're having to hire them. So as far as what the details are, um, I'm still not, you know, I'm not even 100 percent sure. And I don't even think that they know yet, like how long that these processes take. We kind of have them down to what we need to do. And it's really what's really crazy is is that the state of Florida actually eliminated some special licensing, but at the county level, they still require it. So mm. counties are requiring work licenses that the state doesn't even issue anymore. Mm. Wow. And you said if somebody, if you were to go to somebody's house and say, hey, look, you know, I got chainsaws here. We can cut up those fallen trees. We can, we can get rid of them. We can uh, patch up your roof. I'm willing to do this right now. How would you get caught? Are they running sting operations? Uh, you know, are there cops going by, checking out paperwork? What do you think would happen? Um, well, it could be several ways. And the biggest way that keeps me, the biggest uh, deterrent for me, is that the customer would know that I'm at this disadvantage and that if there's anything that they wanted to do, they could just say, all right, well, I'm not going to pay you now because you know that we're working here illegally. And so that would be the thing is I just really open myself up to that. And then plus, it's like you can just tell here the contractors, like uh, I think it's Walter Block has a great article on this that talks about how the contractors are actually the ones that are the most hostile. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, and then they find out that I'm down here and uh, just the hostility. They'll that snitch on you. Right they'll go the by. They'll yeah. say, oh, we don't recognize that truck, New Hampshire. All right, we're calling. <laughs> yeah. And they'll, they'll snitch yeah. on you. Two days ago, uh, or maybe three days ago, I, I, I tried to go to the, my local GOP meeting. I was just going to kind of mingle and you know, throw out the fact, you know, make sure everybody there was aware that 52% of Republicans uh, hold support New Hampshire leaving the union right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure they know that they've got the base behind them, right? Uh, well, what, what wound up happening, I got there, you know, I mean, a little bit after the speech started. Uh, and uh, then I realized, and then, then the second speech started, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll just mingle at the end. I wasn't really there to film necessarily. But mm-hmm. the second guy got, oh, that's, that's Burns. That's Robert Burns. So he's the guy who won the primary for Congress. And so there's a fairly good chance he'll be the next congressman. So I asked him about independence while I was speaking, and I just picked up my camera, and I said, I'm audio taping, and I, I, I started filming. I've actually got the clip me. right here, Dave. I had, but I didn't know you were going to call in tonight, but I'd seen the videos that you posted, and I thought they were worthy of discussion. You know, and I, like I said, I didn't know you were going to call in, so I'm, I'm just going to play the clip here. That way, you don't have to recap it. Hang, hang on, stand by. Uh, this is uh, Ridley confronting a U.S. congressional candidate. This is the guy who unfortunately beat Lily Tang Williams, who was the free stater that was running in the race. Uh, he beat the uh, Keen mayor as well so kind of like a three-way race the keen mayor is absolutely awful this guy not great and lily was, was totally the play on yeah this it's a, one. it was a shame lily didn't pull that one off it was close mm-hmm. like she was within i would say striking distance uh, of winning but 
didn't uh, didn't get enough votes. So anyway, this is the guy who they're calling uh, the Trumper, Bob Burns, responding to Ridley's question here. Okay. <laughs> uh, New Hampshire had independence legislation uh, this uh, this session. Uh, if New Hampshire becomes independent, will you? What will you do to protect us from the federal government when they come after us? If New Hampshire becomes, it tries to become independent, I will fight against New Hampshire. We are a part of the union. I'm sorry. I'm not a Confederate. I'm a unionist. Uh, my family spilled blood in that in that war. Well, there you go. Well, that was dumb. <laughs> His family spl- spilled blood, so therefore we can never leave the union. Uh, so that was part of his answer. Ridley, uh, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, uh, first of all, I appreciate the fact that he answered the question uh, and uh, didn't, you know, he wasn't trying to demonize anybody. And in, in fairness to him, he may not mean he may not necessarily mean he wants to fight in New Hampshire independence physically. He just may mean he wants to fight, you know, through the political process or whatnot. Did you ever get a feel for the rest of the audience before they kicked you out of the the room, which is, by the way, what comes up in this video where they assault uh, Ridley to force him out of this this meeting? Did you get any feeling for the rest of the room? There were independent people there, but they had had stepped outside while I was asking the question. They were doing something outside, Uh, administrative thing or whatnot. Uh, Matt Penanestaka was there. uh, He's a state rep who, you know, voted for independence, uh, or at least for the right to vote for the people's right to vote on independence. And um, he, uh, I think he was doing some kind of administrative thing or working on some, you know, logistical thing with somebody outside uh, the, the room while that happened. Yeah, and you never had a chance to bring up the 52% thing either, where 52% of New Hampshire Republicans in a poll conducted over the summer, uh, the very first poll on this question, said they, are, they support New Hampshire being an independent nation now. Not later, but like immediately. Yeah, that's the scientific USA uh, survey USA uh, poll. Right. Uh, I'm gonna play more of this clip here. But listen, I'm a unionist. I'm a unionist, 100. percent Sure. We have a policy here that we don't. Are you recording this audio? Oh, just, I, just like everybody you. else. I'm just saying, in these meetings, you need to ask permission. <laughs> you have to ask permission from the Republican Executive Committee, he says, to record any of their meetings, which are ostensibly open to anyone who is a registered Republican. Dave, am I wrong about that? Their wording is, we, we, I think it's not quite an exact quote, but basically what I've seen three or four times is, we welcome anyone who is a registered Republican or like-minded independent. That's pretty much how they put it. Really? pretty consistently uh so you know maybe they thought i was a democrat or something but you know what i think democrats probably also should not be assaulted (laughs) while they're while they're at a building that says town hall on the side yeah it got really bizarre uh i've got the other there's two videos that you split this into they're available on your uh are they on odyssey dave i I see them on bitshoot here are they also up on your odyssey channel something glitched when i uploaded them to odyssey so i've just been linking to the bitshoot version you know, as you probably noticed in the video, uh, uh, I noticed me saying there, there were other people who appeared to be filming. Uh, it was intermittent. You know, one lady had her cell phone up, you know, and, and had it up for about three minutes. And another guy had his camera up for a while. And the you know, cameras were coming up and going down. And uh, so it was just, yeah, that, that had been going on for a while before I started mm. filming anything.
So uh, they didn't have any issue. The Republicans had no problem with anyone else recording their you know, favorite clips or whatever of this politician speaking in front of the room. But when you pulled out your camera and started recording and then further, you asked a tough question specifically about the issue of New Hampshire independence, uh, New Hampshire being uh, seceding from the United States. Then the uh, some old guy on the side of the room who's probably on like the executive committee, he demands that you stop recording and insisted that you had to ask permission first. I've got more of the clip here where they confront you on this. Let me play that here. Recording this audio. Oh, just, I, just like everybody you know, else. Under under New Hampshire law, I'm required to inform when I'm this recording, is, and I did do. I re- and informed that I was recording. This is in a government building. This is not this does not apply. This is a private meeting in a public facility. You do not have the right to record it. That needs then to why is everyone else being allowed to record? Or at least some other people. It seems like he basically denied that that were, uh, was the case. It's hard to really make out what he says to that question, Ridley. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what he said either. Uh, but the the main thing is they were they were you know eventually admitted. Well, this is town, this is government property. They're, it's complicated in range because the town hall, the old town hall, is not you know as, as much in action as the, just some new town offices down the street or whatnot. So you were and in the old town that, hall. Yeah, and he was saying that he was saying that well they we rented they rented, he was saying they rented it from from the town. Mm-hmm. So, oh, well, thank you for admitting this is government property. And uh, I guess I can film. Yeah, that that does kind of enter into a strange legal land, right, where this is property paid for by taxpayers. It was built on the taxpayer's dime. It's being maintained on the taxpayer's dime. And I will say this. I know that the Republicans in Keene, where they meet, is also uh, a county building. And I know they are not charged for that meeting space. I know that is that is given to them as part and parcel of, you know, being a... I don't know, political organization or or whatever, but they're able to meet there and they don't pay a dime for it. But even if they are paying for it, is it legitimate to be able to rent private space from a place where taxpayers are paying for that space? Shouldn't you have the ability to access that space and record there, uh, even though it is, quote unquote, being rented? It does bring up an interesting kind of property discussion. Yeah, well, you know, even if they can rent it, that that doesn't mean necessarily they can stop you from filming. Did they uh, call the police on you, or or did it, did it? You just leave, and then that was the end of that. I don't know. Once I started getting body getting body bumped, the priority was preserving the video. Uh, so mm-hmm. as soon as I was out the building, I went ahead and he- headed home. Uh, oh, if I'd stuck around and kept filming, who knows what would happen to the camera? So and, and the video might have been lost. So you know, I, I could have stuck around. Uh, I debated it and just decided to go ahead and go. I mean, also, there's this, you know, wait, this long wait. Sure, there's a politician day, so. speaking. It could be another two hours before he shuts up and they finally uh, end the meeting. Uh, I'm just going to play a little bit more of the clip here so we can see what happened to you. So, again, they're they're threatening Ridley, uh, saying, you know, trying to tell him he can't record. This needs to be clearly understood. This is a private meeting and permission to record what is said in this meeting is not allowed except by permission. So please stop recording now. It's Ringe Town Hall. Please. This, this is, is Ringe Town Hall. The camera, the camera stays on. Camera stays on. This is not the Ringe Town Hall. 
This was the Williams Town Hall. It says Williams Town Hall. 60 years ago. So this is another white-haired old guy who gets up, kind of elbows over, and says, uh, oh, this isn't the Ringe Town Hall. Later in the video, which I'm not going to play the whole thing, but later on, uh, you're outside the town hall taking shots of what, you know, where you are, and it very clearly is labeled the uh, the Ringe Town Hall. He's making some sort of argument saying that, well, now the town does, quote-unquote, business from a different facility. That's essentially what he's saying. The so town hall who knows? is yeah. not in this building. The town offices are down the street. Right. Is this or is this not a government building? No, it is not. Okay. This is a public, this is a public space owned by the town, available for private organizations to use in private meetings. How about that for a word salad, right? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a government building. Yeah. It sounds like a government building. <laughs> no, it's not a government building. Yes, it's a public space owned by the town, but it's available for private meetings. So just whatever it is is what they want it to be at the moment. Secondly, understate no, that's the fact. Okay, I appreciate you admitting I appreciate you admitting I appreciate you admitting that this is town. Owned on by town. Owned by the town. If it's owned by the town, I can record. Now, what I what I will do, what I am willing to do, is leave. I'm not stopping the camera. Okay. Listen, David. You can use. Doesn't have to. Go ahead, Bob. David, you didn't use anything that I said. Obviously, I said I'm using. Thanks. I'm not. That's uh, Bob Burns, by the way, who was giving you permission there that he was okay with it at the very least. To, to his credit, even though he's a unionist, uh, he at the very least doesn't mind being recorded. So at this point, the old guy that had gotten up and had insisted that this wasn't town hall, he was across the room. He's now made his way over to Dave and has turned his back to Dave and is like right up on him. He, was he touching you at this point, Dave, when he first came up? No, he was a quarter inch away. Tell me a little bit more about this old guy as he backs up right in front of you. You said he's a quarter of an inch away from you. He looks like an old drinker to me. He looks like I don't think he was drunk at this event, but he looks like a guy that really likes to uh, to be a hard drinker at at home in the trailer park. So after, after I offered to, uh, well, I, there's not really any trailer parks in range. It's pretty rich, <laughs> but the but mm. the uh, yeah. As, as, after I volunteered to leave and started doing my slow leaving thing, uh, he just he body bumped me. You know continued to body bump me out of the, out of the building. Basically. Wow. Now, I don't know. I don't remember how many times he did it, but, uh, you know, oh, I'm getting body bumped out, out of the building now. Yeah. I got a little bit more here and, and he wasn't the only one that was kind of closing in on you. There was another guy uh, who starts demanding to know who you are. And that's what comes up next in this clip. Here it is. Help me. Who are you? I've got a Does it matter? Yeah. What's your name? Am I required to answer your questions? No, you're not, you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to leave. As they're pushing you out of the building, the older guy says you're not allowed to leave, but then they go ahead and get you out and close the door on you, basically. And that's that's kind of the end of the clip. You then said you went home after this, which explains why after this part ends and you leave the building you then you, apparently you then came back later after the meeting had ended and shot some sort of uh, closing footage. Is that what happened? Yeah, I had left something there, like outside. I'd, fortunately, I'd had the presence of mind to leave it somewhere that no one would see it. But I was I was just kind of putting my things together and trying to trying to get everything and and then leave. And I and in the process, I left something there. So I came back maybe an hour later. Of course, after the meeting was over, maybe two hours later, and. Um, uh, 
retrieve the item, which I, again, was just outside in the dark. Um, hmm. And uh, that's when I went ahead and shot a few, got a few shots of the building. Do you think this is, uh, you know, are you going to be going back to the next meeting, or is this the end of your appearances at the Ringe Republican meetings? I don't know. Uh, we'll just see. I mean, whatever is convenient. I, you know, logistics drives policy when you're uh, the deplatformed, impoverished Ridley Report, right? <laughs> you just do what you happen to be close to at any given point. By the time I get back to it, you know, it could some time could have passed because you know, if you think about it, the stars just have to align. It, I don't. Well, it's no one else's problem, but the stars have to align for me before I can shoot a video at a government event. Biden has announced today that he's going to be pardoning. Says he pardoned, so maybe he did sign the paperwork today. Uh, this is the Los Angeles Times report. All individuals convicted on federal charges of simple marijuana possession, a move the White House estimated will affect more than 6,500 people nationwide. I wonder how many of them were imprisoned because of his policies from earlier. You mean Biden's war on drugs that yes. he was signed on to yes. for many years? And what about Kamala? Kamala was the animal in uh, California. California when she yeah. was there, wasn't she? Putting everybody in jail sure for was. stupid yep. things. Uh, Biden urged all governors to follow his example and called for a formal review of marijuana's classification in federal law as a Schedule One drug. Currently, it has the same classification as heroin and LSD and a higher classification than fentanyl. A change to the legal classification of marijuana, although not certain, would be a significant reform, clearing the way for major changes to the federal government's approach to the drug. Mm-hmm. According to Tiana Mays, civil rights attorney in Washington, she said it would be a big step in the right direction. It would take this down from being a felony, which is the same right now as possessing heroin. So we're hopeful about the steps the Biden administration is taking. Now, I will say this. They have had bills in many sessions to do this very thing, uh, whether they be filed by Republicans or Democrats or bipartisan or whatever. And it just never goes anywhere. I don't know if they've ever even passed, you know, the House or the Senate. I'm not sure how far these things have gotten, but they've never made it to Biden's desk. So I don't know if they've even made it out of committee. Uh, Like I said, I don't follow closely the goings on in Washington, D.C., but I know that these bills have never made it through. So Mm -hmm. I think that since it's the executive branch, can't Biden just issue an order and change the status of marijuana? Does that need to be done by Congress? Or can Biden just say, okay, it's no longer Schedule 1, it's now Schedule 4, or it's off the schedule entirely? Well, I don't think the DEA has any legal right to exist in the first place. Well, I'm with you on that. But they're not going to disappear tomorrow just because we want them to. But that said, I mean, should those be Schedule anything at all? Of course not. I mean, obviously, the federal government uh, schedules should be gone right. and, you know, leave it up to the states, if anything, to, to make these decisions. In fact, as I understand it, if New Hampshire or if the federal schedule were to disappear tomorrow, all drugs would be legal in New Hampshire. According to the Los Angeles Times, they have now pardoned all individuals convicted of uh, simple marijuana possession in this case, uh, would affect more than 6,500 people nationwide. And further, Biden is now urging governors to follow his example and pardon state-level marijuana offenders. And then uh, he says he wants a review. Now, who knows how long this review is going to take, because it is government, so don't expect this to be done in a week. Uh, You know, could be years. Could be right before the next election, Mm -hmm. for all we know. 
Uh, but Biden wants this review on the status of cannabis as a Schedule One drug, which, of course, for those that are unfamiliar, Schedule One means mm-hmm. a drug that, according to the federal government, has no known medical benefit, which is obviously not true at all. We know that cannabis is available medically in, I think, something like 36 states. The supermajority of U.S. states have medical marijuana programs, and that's mm-hmm. because doctors think it is useful for all kinds of things. I mean, even heroin is useful medicinally, but mm-hmm. yet it is also in Schedule 1. So so maybe this is going to re- uh, result in some significant reform. Certainly, I hope so. Um, and, you know, what's going to be really interesting about this, as uh, Carlin Borshenko pointed out, who is actually the uh, the libertarian candidate for governor here in New Hampshire, she pointed out on her Twitter today that she's expecting the Republicans to double down on the war on cannabis as a result of this. Because, well, anything Biden does, the they Republicans do the opposite. have to go against it, right? So instead of admitting that they made the mistake and they should have beaten beaten Biden to the punch on this, you know, are they going to go full in and full warmonger mode on on drugs? So w- w- remains to be seen how people are going to react to this particular move. Yeah, if the Democrats came out and said, we love guns, we're going to decriminalize everything related to guns, the Republicans would immediately want to ban guns. <laughs> I would yeah. hope not, but clowns. Trump did ban the bump stocks. He did. <clears throat> yeah. So, the appeal to that was just thrown out too, right? Yep. Yeah, there was an attempt to take that to the Supreme Court. I have a story about that, but they, yeah, they didn't accept the appeal, which means they are essentially upholding the ruling of the lower court, which was upholding the bump stock ban. Right. So that's for now. For now. For now. now. Matt, you have a theory. Yeah, I have a theory about that. That that is going to somehow they, they rejected this out of a plan. It's not. It's not enough for the Supreme Court. There's so much wrong that the Supreme Court denied cert for that on purpose. Um, they've already reversed a bunch of anti-gun stuff this year and i think they plan on doing that too but they're waiting for the right cases and i think they've got the right cases and once they have those cases in front of them it's going to impact the bump stock thing as well well i appreciate your optimism there's this is just pure speculation on your part the judge did also issue some verbiage saying that he thinks this is on its face uh, there's there's a legal term for on its face. I can't remember what the actual Latin is or whatever they mm-hmm. use, but it has it's basically says I'm pretty sure this is unconstitutional. I'm issuing an injunction against the ATF preliminarily right now okay. and come back. We'll hear the case. And he denied a couple of classes of people protection from the ATF. But he said that was only because they um, filed their their uh, briefs not as well as they could have. So by the time the case comes back around, those parties are probably going to come join the class against the ATF as well Mm. and will be granted the same permissions. And it will be um, it will not be federal. It will only be Fifth Circuit. The judge said this. He does not want to take this national. He wants to keep it in his sandbox for now. But that could also change by the time the full case comes up. So there's a lot of stuff happening in a lot of lower federal courts and at the Supreme Court level. Mm. A lot of stuff going on right now. And it looks like. On the Supreme Court level, it does appear that the Supreme Court is lining up very specific cases in a very specific order at very specific times to knock them down like for legal like, like, like dominoes. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're setting them up like dominoes to go down. And the bump stock one wasn't a perfect 
case. It wasn't enough. Hmm. It wasn't a strong enough case. So the idea, and a lot of people, a lot of legal experts think that they're they're probably going to find another case, and they think they've got another case that's going to be better suited to that purpose. It'll be more that permanent. That may also affect the bump stocks. It will definitely affect the bump stocks. But more, th- more stuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. The great thing is, if you have a belt loop, you don't need a bump stock. <laughs> so if you get good enough, yeah. you don't even need a belt loop. Go That's Google uh, M1 Garand assault weapon, and you'll see what I'm talking That's about. That's right. I mean, but do you have a uh, do you have a tax stamp for your belt loop? That's a two hundred dollar. <laughs> it's for my finger, actually. <laughs> Taxing fingers. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's that's true. So, Reed, you uh, follow the the sound of the world situation when it comes to war. You're a big fan of antiwar.com. You're actually wearing their their hoodie here in the studio tonight. And uh, what's the latest that uh, insane development going on with the Ukrainian situation? Yeah, well, apparently a couple hours ago, Zelensky asked NATO, or I don't know if he asked them or more suggested that NATO should launch a preemptive nuclear strike against Putin before he can do it against Ukraine. Even though there's no reason for Putin to launch nuclear weapons against Ukraine, unless, of course, Ukraine wants to, like, keep attacking what now Putin considers to be Russian territory, right? Like, isn't that the only circumstance under which that he would use that? Yeah, I mean, that's what he's threatened, but I don't even know if he would, Mm -hmm. because I think that would be self-destructive to nuke Ukraine that close to the border of Russia. Sure, fallout, for instance. I can't think he'd actually want to do that. And he knows that there would likely be retaliation for nuclear weapons, and that's the reason why no one, thankfully, ever uses them, well, with the exception of us, Hiroshima. Not us, sorry. We didn't do it. Uh, The U.S. federal government did that. Uh, hopefully it will never happen again, but to advocate for a preemptive strike, which is what he is trying to get them to do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're told that Putin is the unhinged lunatic and maybe that's true, but, uh, we're told that Zelensky is a level-headed, uh, chivalrous hero. And (laughs) I think, I think that the scales are kind of falling away from lots of people's eyes as they watch this. Yeah, I think so. This specific move of his has disillusioned people to him or other things that, that he has done? I don't think that this has been news long enough to really tell, but just I've seen people kind of soften on support for Ukraine and mm. support for Zelensky. They, a lot of people seem to start thinking that he's being unreasonable and it, you know putting too much at risk for kind of petty things that no one, at least no one worldwide, really cares about. Well, plus, he's obviously not this great defender of democracy as he's being portrayed as, considering he has banned the opposition party uh, from running for office in Ukraine. They've banned Russia or Russian from being spoken uh, in Ukraine, apparently, as well. So those are just two things I know about off the top of my head. Who knows what else is actually going on down there? Yeah, and they're conscripting everybody in the country. They wouldn't allow people to leave. I feel like Ukraine is trying to cloak everything they're doing and some benevolence or something and it's, i don't know <laughs> it's just a joke i don't think anyone takes it seriously who uh is paying attention at least and most people aren't paying attention they're that's just, true so they're most just, people take it seriously yeah it's just you know whatever the mainstream media says oh the mainstream media says that that ukraine has pushed russia out of the donbass or you know whatever the current reports mm-hmm. are it's they're pushing them out of some area and oh ukraine is moving towards victory and it's just like 
yeah, you know Putin just called up hundreds of thousands of reservists, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that just happened recently in Russia and they so apparently they've announced the number is 200,000 at least have been called back to active duty at this point. Now they are apparently going through some level of training to get them up up to speed so they're not going to hit the front lines right away, but those gears are turning. Yeah, I, I I mean I wasn't that old during uh the Iraq war so I don't remember it that clearly how people felt, but this is the first time I feel like there's a lot of opposition to a war that's taking place. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of normal people who can just tell that something's off and that we're not being told the truth. And it, it doesn't seem like it's been as blatant before people are starting to pick up on it. I think. I hope you're right. I hope so, too. I mean, hopefully people, it's so hard to believe that Americans actually have learned anything because they keep falling for the same politicians' tricks over and over again. But hopefully they'll pick up on the idea that the politicians have lied us into war time and time again, and that this time is certainly no uh, no different. But Russia's a big boogeyman, and Americans get scared by, you know, Americans were all about invading Iraq. Maybe they'll be a little bit just more afraid about Russia, simply because they are a lot scarier as far as, you know, nuclear opponents, etc., um, by the way, other news from over there that uh, Vladimir Putin has now signed four federal constitutional laws on the accession of Donetsk and Luhansk, Lugansk People's Republics, as well as the, and I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this one right, Zaporozhye and the Kherson regions. These are the eastern sides of Ukraine that had voted, ostensibly voted to leave Ukraine and join Russia. This happened a couple weekends ago on a five-day-long uh, referendum. And so there's this, you know, long political process or what could have been a long process. Apparently, it's moving relatively quickly at this point. Under the new laws, residents of the new regions are now considered Russian nationals from the date when the territories were admitted to Russia, which is September 30th. Yeah, this Zelensky guy, I mean, you know, if he's into radiation poisoning, I'm sure there's lots of places he could go get it. I think he should leave the rest of us out of it. Mm. Uh, But there's, there's so many crazy news stories in the news now. And this one I read, and I just had to share it because it's, I've heard bad things about the 4-H project before. So if you bond with the oh, let me preface it by telling people what the 4-H project yeah, is. Yeah, I remember them from, like, the county fair at yeah. uh, in Florida where I grew up. They, what do they, don't they just encourage kids to have, like, cows or something like that? I what still remember they? the jingle they had is 4-H, for you, for America, 4-H. <laughs> wow, I did not know they had a jingle. So, Catchy. yeah, what do they do, Olivia? Right, so they target high school kids mostly, and they they uh, sign them up to raise an animal, try to get kids into agriculture, mostly by raising animals for slaughter. And uh, the rules are that the animal has to be sold at a fair and slaughtered. So uh, the news story, this comes from The Guardian, and I'm going to read you the title. Uh, a girl wanted to keep the goat she raised for a county fair. They chose to kill it. So 4-H will not let you keep it as a pet, hmm. and a lot of kids end up bonding with their animals, but that's not allowed by Big Ag. Um, this girl had suffered, um, let me, let me read this real quick. Um, she had suffered, uh, Jessica Long um, is the mother's name, and her daughter had suffered several losses of family members that year, and she really bonded with her goat named Cedar, and 4-H ended up sending police who, crawled, who went 500 miles to go uh, steal the goat back, and, and it was killed. 
just wanted to chime in on the 4-H story. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry I didn't catch the first part of it, but I did get the summary. Um, and I can say that I'm a 4-H leader, which means that I've been through all the background checks. Uh, my little girl is in 4-H. We go to all of our meetings. We we show our animal and, um, you know, I've gone through all their classes, so I'm pretty familiar, although I am new, but I'm pretty familiar with 4-H policies in general. So don't quote me this, quote me on this, like, as, like, being the Bible, but I, I am pretty sure that it is not at all 4-H policy to need to dispatch an animal, um, although that's common, you know, 4-H kids do raise animals you know, to sell them. Mm -hmm. That's generally what they do. But there is another kind of category and that's show animals, like, which is what my daughter does. She has a show rabbit and it's not a meat rabbit. It's not one that we would raise to produce meat, but it has, you know, like a pedigree and, you know, um, all of that. And, and, you know, it has a certain heritage, so it would be different than like just raising livestock. Okay, my question um, for the previous caller, and she didn't know, was did, did 4-H provide the rabbit or did you buy the rabbit on your own? How did you come in possession of this 4-H rabbit? We purchased the rabbit on our own. Um, 4-H does not provide the animals. Hmm. Although being in the 4-H family, we have our own uh, you know, 4-H group. And so we go to our meetings for our group. And so through that group, we were able to purchase a show rabbit. Do you know, the lady said there was a potential contract involved with this goat that got taken by the police for uh, supposedly on behalf of 4-H uh, in this other story that we were talking about. Do you know, if, is there a contract perhaps involved when you're dealing with a slaughter animal? Do you know about I that? Have, I've never heard of that before. Uh, if huh. somebody signed a contract, then I guess that's between the two people that were contracting. But that's I've never heard of that before. And, so yeah, do you? Does it sound like 4-H is getting dragged into the middle of this? Uh, like, and it, you know, it's not something that they would do. Yeah, as it's been my experience that 4-H is like really on the level. Like they want kids to learn how to raise these animals, show them and or sell them and or slaughter them if that is what they're intending to do. See, the mainstream media told me that if I deny election results that I'm a fascist yeah. and now they're <laughs> demanding I deny these election results that weren't even in my country. But the uh, According to the story here at TASS, which is the Russian news agency, TASS.com, the borders of the republics and regions will be determined by the borders that, quote, existed on the day of their formation and admission into the Russian Federation, unquote. The international treaties specify that borders adjacent to the territory of a foreign state will be the Russian state border. At the same time as constitutional state laws, the DPR and LPR are part of the, Repu the Russian Federation within the 2014 borders established by their constitutions. So they're, again, they're saying that uh, these areas are going to be somehow separate 
entities from Russia, but also Russia. So again, yeah. kind of like the U.S. has territories is what we were likening that to. There is a transition period, according to the new laws, uh, from the day of the new region's inclusion in Russia, which is September 30th, so that's already happened, till January 1st of 2026. Citizens of the Russian Federation that are residing in these territories will be provided with employment guarantees educational documents issued earlier in the territories uh, and Ukraine will be recognized, as well as documents confirming civil status, work experience, and the right to receive pensions. By June 1st of next year, territorial subdivisions of the federal executive authorities will be established in these regions. So, you know, that presumably means like the their equivalent of the FBI or whatever. The, the KGB had a renaming. I forget what their their new name is, but you know they'll have an office set up there basically by June first. During the transition period, prosecutorial bodies will also be created, and the functioning of the Russian judicial system will be ensured. So they're going to create courts and move them in. Uh, the currency they say starting on January twenty third, twenty twenty three, January first will be the Russian ruble. And until the end of 2022, circulation of the Ukrainian hyrvinia will be allowed in these subjects. So presumably the Ukrainian money will be forbidden uh, after 2022. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. When New Hampshire has its vote to leave the United States, there's going to be the exact same claims going on here. There are going to be people who will say, and probably government people, who will say, oh, that vote wasn't legitimate. Of course. Even though it will have been carried out underneath the normal New Hampshire voting procedures and nothing will, will have changed here as far as how the, the votes work in New Hampshire. But they'll still they'll still just blow it off and they'll say, oh, you can't leave. That's not a legitimate vote. It's illegal. But then we can just shout conspiracy theorists and fascists at them and, you know. No, and that's the thing. If there really are a lot of people in these areas, and same thing's true in New Hampshire, if there's a lot of people in New Hampshire who truly want to leave the United States, then it's going to happen. And it's not going to make the people happy who want to stay. And so that does, it's frustrating for those folks because now they find themselves in a uh, difficult situation. It's like, well, this is the place you live. You have a house here or whatever. You're comfortable. You have have friends. You've got a job. But the political scene is changing underneath your feet. Are you going to stay or are you going to use this as your excuse to leave? Because that's what the Ukrainian government goons were telling their people in the now Russian territories. They were saying, we think you should leave. And they still can, supposedly. Now, the propaganda says that Russia won't let them leave. Although Russia has been saying, if you guys want to leave, 
it's fine, you can leave, it's no problem, uh, take off, whatever. So who knows what the truth is? We have no idea what it's what it's actually like on the ground there. But it seems plausible to me that a majority of the people in these areas would want to be part of Russia. It just makes sense. And so that's the direction that Putin is taking things. That's the direction this is going. And will that result in more conflict? Uh, will it result in escalated conflict now that Russia believes that these are their country now instead of just parts of Ukraine? Now they're parts of Russia. Will they defend them with more troops, more vociferously, more violently? Uh, that is, you know, that's we're going to see that within the next, I don't know, it could be as soon as the next few weeks. Yep. So that's one thing that we're looking at here tonight. If you want to weigh in, of course, you're welcome to join us. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. At the same time, the Western governments are making things worse. Now, the EU is cranking out some more sanctions against the Russian people uh, to, to you know, make life more difficult for them. Uh, because, you know, some as for, for whatever reason, people think that if you punish the people of a particular landmass, that somehow that's going to hurt the government. And because yeah, it's not the people may call in these shots. No. You know, they're they're going to starve to death for decisions that the government's making. A lot of these people are against war. A lot of them. There there have been anti-war protests in Russia. That's great. Over what's been going on. But now they're all being punished by these European and American sanctions. And then, of course, there's these corporations that are just enforcing this stuff without any kind of mandates whatsoever they're just showing their signaling to the governments the western governments that hey we are on your side and then pulling out of the country or banning russians from doing things so for instance if you're a russian you can't have monetization on a youtube channel anymore really Uh uh-huh why not they don't they don't want to help anyone in russia i have a conspiracy theory that the whole cryptocurrency thing is the impetus for a lot of the government divide and conquer tactics we're seeing worldwide, even here in the United States, maybe especially here in the United States, and um, the wars that we're seeing, and just the the strife and the terrorist you think attacks. Crypto's the impetus behind I think it. The crypto, yeah, the existence of crypto may be the impetus behind it. I'm wondering if governments aren't reacting and creating all this hubbub everywhere so that they can bring in draconian restrictions that not necessarily they won't work when crypto's free of Mm. being of control well war is the health of the state war is the health of the state so what you're saying is they're using the war situation as an excuse to restrict crypto buckle down and yeah yep could be i mean at the very least they are telling custody services accounts crypto asset wallets that they're not to do business with russians now of course if it's a non-custodial wallet, and we should explain briefly what that is, mm-hmm. can you explain it? Sure. Matt? A non-custodial wallet is a wallet that you have in your possession. It's your wallet. Nobody else has access to it. Whereas the opposite of that would be a custodial wallet, which is something like Coinbase or you know what, who else, Kraken and PayPal. They all have a an account that you can have there, but you don't ever actually have the crypto in your possession. Right. It's at the website. Um, so... You know, a custodial wallet. Which means they can freeze it. They can, they can freeze it and shut it down. They can do whatever they the want government. to. It. Yeah, send yeah. it to the government. You don't actually have it in your hand. You don't own it. So a non-custodial wallet, nobody's in custody of, custody of it except for you. Right. So have a non-custodial wallet. So the question is, what will the non-custodial wallet companies do who are located in Europe? 
That'll be an interesting thing too. I mean, that we already saw what happened uh, with the one where the, uh, the 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 Canadian truckers, right? They mm-hmm. were getting Bitcoin donations, and that that Canadian judge said to the wallet company, "We want a list of your customers, and we want you to freeze those accounts." Right. And they wrote that hilarious letter back to the judge saying, "That's they told him to pound you, sand, you clown. Yeah. We we can't do that. It's literally impossible. Right. It's the purpose of this whole thing. And when the currency goes belly up, we'll be here to serve you too." I've seen better footage of the Civil War from, what, 1864 and whatever. I don't think they had World video cameras back then. Well, they had pictures. World War One, World War Two, Vietnam, Korea. This Ukraine-Russia thing, even back when, like, uh, the first Bush attacked uh, um, Saddam Hussein. Remember those on CNN? You see, the, like, all the missiles hitting the city. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I can't find any of that on this. Yeah, you would think with all of the cameras that exist on the planet now where everyone with a phone in their pocket, and that's most everyone these days, uh, you know, that that everybody has a camera on them. You think you would see some wild action footage of this conflict going on in Ukraine. All I've seen, I saw one video of a tank discharging its main gun at like five guys standing around literally blew them to pieces and i saw another one uh, a few different um drone footages of drones dropping grenades on unsuspecting personnel Mm -hmm. Um, but i haven't seen a whole lot of cell phone footage coming out from regular schmoes on the street there's not much of that yeah, video. That's, out there, that's true. I have seen some footage that RT posts that comes directly from the Russian military of showing what their operations look like. Uh, but it, from average folks, it just hasn't been happening at all. Of course, you also have to question when the footage was created. Some of this yeah. stuff that's being passed around comes from as far back as you know 2014, right? For instance. Yep. So it's hard to really know what's for real and what's not. It is, and everybody's playing a public uh, public information campaign too. It's very important. Jack, anything else you want to share? Well, I'm just saying uh, bombs and missiles uh, tend to light up at night. You know, I haven't seen any of the uh, Russian missiles hitting Ukraine at night. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. 